Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ahoy, welcome to a brand new episode of Baffled. This is your favorite fact podcast nine facts on the way from you our job is really easy we sort out incredible facts from ones that need to be chucked in the bin my name is dan i have three for you this week as per uh, stuff about disguises stuff about detonation and also about perfumes because i couldn't make the letters work mark what you got for us well it's the last show before christmas so obviously i've got christmas 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 there's no other way to do it uh, connor as well what have you got yeah i've done the same thing too so me and mark could have an overlap here but i'm christmas shebanging Losers. What happens if someone finds this show and listens to it in July? Well, there's there's nothing like the spirit of Christmas in July. If, if that's you, if you're listening mid-May, a very Merry Christmas to you. Let's have a brand new episode of Baffled. Are you full of the, the festive joys? Oh, I'm full of all the festive joys and the festive eggnog and the festive mince pies. I'll be honest, I do think I've got I put a little bit on, and I know that's impressive, given that oh, that's so fat. But you know, it's Christmas. You've got to, right? You know, when you're on Zoom with someone, because we're recording this independently. Normally, on the Zoom webcam, you can see their whole thing. It's just me. I can't. Yeah, no, I, I well, no, I can't see any of Mark. I can just see. I can just see like his midriff. Yeah, it's just like it's just mm. like barreling on, just like rolling on. Uh, Connor, <sighs> what, have you ever eaten egg? Drank eggnog, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I love a bit of eggnog. It kind of freaks me out the name of it, but I do enjoy it. I don't think anyone likes it. I think it's gammy. I think people are lying to themselves. It's one of those things you would only ever drink at Christmas. Like, if you got offered it in the middle of May, you wouldn't go, yeah, I love eggnog. You do it at Christmas just because. Just I think when you drink it as well, it's like very much a situation where the word egg is in the forefront of your mind and you're like, ugh, and the colour of it, and it's all just a bit too much, really. Basically, what you're saying is you should only have eggnog for breakfast because that's an acceptable time to have eggs. Sure, fine. Absolutely. I'll start drinking at nine in the morning. If you insist, Connor, okay. I'm a big fan of eggs, but I don't. I think they should be kept out of drink situations. That's that's my opinion. That's the last I'll say on the matter. Connor, give us your first fact of the show. Hey, did you know that Jingle Bells was the first song played in Space Boys? Did you know that? I actually did know that. Yeah, you would know that, wouldn't you? Though, because you are you are a space guy. I shouldn't have asked. Let me see. That. Was it was it? Have you got the name of the? Uh, 
I guess the spacecraft that they were on. Was it Gemini 2? Is that what it was called? Oh, he's so close. He's a big old space... Do you know what I like about Dan, right? He's a space fan. He backs it up with knowledge. He he backs it up with the knowledge. It was the Gemini 6A. That was the space flight. Uh, NASA's Gemini... NASA's Gemini 6A on December the 16th, 1965. The classic Christmas song was broadcast during that flight, according to Guinness World Records. That was the first song that was officially hit play on in space. That's pretty cool. That is, that's a pretty good claim to fame. I mean, I'm sure, fairly certain the guy who wrote it was dead by then, but nonetheless, it's a big claim to fame. Yeah, do you know what I mean as well? And you think of all of the songs that I would think to myself after, you know, the, the nonsense that you probably went through to try and get yourself to space, that is not the song that I would have played first. What would it have been? Cardi B, WAP? No, no, no that probably would have been bottom of the list. Something like, uh, I don't know, like um, Robbie Williams and Angels. You know, probably, probably like wasn't that. out by that point, but... Yeah. What? Why would it be Robbie Williams and Angels? Because what a great fact that would be. Like Robbie Williams Angels was the first. Well, it wouldn't have been out because it was 1965, but that was if it was to be today. Yeah, but the fact is, Jingle Bells is a much better fact. It's a Christmas song. It's actually yeah, I know, but originally Robbie... a Thanksgiving song. Oh, there we go. Bonus fact. Yeah, for God. Robbie Williams Angels though is a straight banger, and imagine the space mm, world is being it? the first. Yeah, it's a great track. I mean, we would we would absolutely get aliens coming to visit Earth then, booking their Robbie Williams tickets. Going, yeah, oh, I've heard yeah. the Angels. It's a banger. Absolutely. I'm going to make the trek across the Milky Way for that. It's absolutely one of those songs that when I hear it, I'm like, oh, God, it's this one again. And I love Robbie. But then when it's, when it's in it, when it's halfway through, I'm like, you know what? Fair this play. is a banger. Do you know what I love I about this fact as well, which I love about most facts that we bring with, with, with stuff that's actually happened? I put myself in that position. So I wonder exactly what the conversation was before they hit play. Do you reckon it was just a, they played it and everyone was like, oh, or they were like, I don't think a track's been played in space. Let's like pick it out of a hat. And this is what they've done. It's good fun. I don't know. I don't know. Have you, found, have you got that research? I haven't got that research, no. It was 1965. Yeah, I think whoever done it now is just bored of it. They're bored of the facts. They're finished. Yeah, but it must be written down somewhere. It's got to be somewhere. But you're also asking me to research that. And to be honest, I don't care enough. You know, I don't care enough. It's 1965. It's ages away, isn't it, mate? It's back in the day. Well, exactly. But they wouldn't have been... Like, for them to bring something to play on back then there would have had to been extensive uh planning involved it's not like they could just bring a bring like an ipod or something well 1965 what was that cassette players no uh, what was 19 records what was 19 records so they would have brought yeah, a vinyl up there south yeah, yeah. They, record <laughs> yeah you you are nasa i know we're going up to space i know you've got to be quite careful on the amount of weight you're taking a rocket but is a record player good with you yeah yeah, yeah no problem yeah, yeah. it's fine mate yeah you remember at the start of the show, Mark and Connor both said they had Christmas facts. Let's see how much copying we've got going on, Mark. What's your first fact of the show? The Statue of Liberty is the largest Christmas gift ever given, but was never actually meant for the United States of America. Hmm. Who is it meant for? So it was originally meant to be a gift from France to the people of Egypt. Uh, so instead of being in New York, the Statue of Liberty was meant to be uh, it was meant to be a poor Muslim woman in a traditional garb as a symbol in the Suez Canal. And it would act as a lighthouse. So rather than having a torch, it would have a lantern and that would be its lighthouse. Uh, however, the Egyptian ruler at the time went, nah, you're all right. So they repurposed it, went, well, we've got all these designs. Well, let's just make it into like the Lady of Liberty with a torch and give it to America and go, hey, this is because we're really good friends. And that's basically the story of the Statue of Liberty. 
and it's the biggest Christmas gift ever given. I love the little bits that Mark adds in just to create a real vision and picture in your mind. That's what genuinely happens. See, I do enough yeah. research to, to know exactly what those conversations went like, Connor. So yeah, every fact becomes a little French skit. Accent, but. It becomes a little skit. Yeah, so the, what did the Egyptian guy do way back then? What was so it he said? Nah, all right. Uh, what is that quoted, is it? Quoted, yeah, absolutely. That's It's one of those famous Mark quotes that only I know. But did he say it in Egyptian? Yeah, but I mean, you know. You can only expect so much from me, Connor. Uh. Right. Interesting to know, Dan. I didn't know if you know that, but no, I'm all right. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Talk about the Suez Canal. How baffling is it? The Suez Canal was blocked in March this year. It just seems like no time at all at all, and it was ages ago. And they've probably only just cleared the queue that was created as well. It's crazy, isn't it? If you think how, how, how long ago that doesn't seem like it took place. It seems like it was only a couple of weeks ago. It was ages ago. Um, sorry, who did you say sent the Statue of Liberty to the Egyptians? Uh, the French. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did know that there was a lot of French connection. In the film... Oh. National Treasure 2, I think there is a connection where they go to the Statue of Liberty that's in France. Yeah, yeah. Dan, did you not did you not pick up then on the fact it was the French to the Egyptians? Because the French went, oh, hey, look, we've got this for you. And the Egyptians went, what was it, Mark? Nah, you're right. That's not, no, I was too... I was too kind of in the moment, in the scene. I didn't really realise who the characters were. It was quite poor characterisation there, I must say. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, yeah. I would do accents, but I did have a letter from HR last time telling me that I'm not allowed anymore, so... Yeah, yeah. To stop First, creating ridiculous, ridiculous little skits of ancient history, They said Mark. nothing that about what? that. They said nothing about that, just the accents. The accents were not <laughs> acceptable. First fact of the show for me... I'd like to tell you about Nora Vincent. She is a feminist writer. She once disguised herself as a man for 18 months to write a book on gender. After this experiment, she was institutionalised for depression and said she never felt so glad that she was a woman. She said it was awful being a man. Wow. Yeah, she said it was the worst thing possible. She said, and I quote, men are suffering. They have different problems from women. They don't have it better. They need our sympathy and our love. Uh, and they need each other more than anything else. She said she hated being a man, and she really loves being a woman. When I think about the human body, and I think about what women go through, which is a lot more than men, I don't understand what she encountered. Obviously, she had a, a woman's body at the time, I believe, but what she encountered that was worse as a man, I don't know. What, what would that have been? So she joined an all-male bowling club in the States, joined a men's therapy group. She went to a strip club. She dated women. Um, she realised that her femininity came up to the surface. So the man that she became, her alter ego, was a guy called Ned. Uh, everyone used to think that he was gay. She used to be constantly chastised that she wasn't butch enough. It's very interesting, isn't it? Because I'm a man, and I don't think anyone's... Very few people mention to me that I'm not butch. Well, they just assume you know it. But this is the problem, isn't it? It's like she she's getting very depressed because I think she found it hard to be a man because you get a lot of pressures lumped on you. Um, I, don't, I don't feel any of this pressure. Yeah, I feel a lot of male pressure, but I don't feel anything that's specific to male pressure. Just men and women in general, I think, are just going through through it all right now. But I do understand what she's saying about the uh, bowling club because uh, when in Austin... <laughs> yeah, I went to Austin. Uh, I went bowling and there was a bowling club there full of men and, yeah, they were just bit weird to be honest with you they were just spinning bowling balls in a manner that wasn't okay i think they all thought they were really good elite athletes when really they were actually and i was probably better than them you can go bowling in the uk though why have you gone to a bowling alley when you when you've gone all the way to america 
for no reason other than just me and my family like bowling. I love it out there. I love playing bowling. So we just went for a Friday night bit of fun. It was good. Why not? Why not? I wonder how much was her feeling depressed about being a man and how much was actually just her feeling depressed about being a different gender to what she thought she was. Because surely mm. that can't be easy as well. Because I mean, obviously, you know, if you think there's a lot of people there who are, you know, women who much more identify, you know, born a woman, but identify as a man and therefore actually they get, you know, for them being a man is a lot more normal. So therefore they would feel more depressed still being a woman. So you wonder actually how much of it is that mental side of it, of trying to be someone you're not rather than just the stress of being a man. She did it for 18 months and she said that she fully realized the benefits of being female and the disadvantages of being male. Right. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very good point. Connor, do you think you could ever dress up as an alter ego woman for a considerable amount of time? Would you enjoy it? No, I don't, I don't think I don't think I was ever meant to be a woman. I'm definitely a man. I moan like a man, and the flus that I get are complete men flus. So yeah, I'm a pretty good man. Connor, give us your second fact of the show. So do you know what the NORAD is? The N O R A D Santa Tracker. I love the NORAD Santa. Love Tracker. it. Love a bit of NORAD Santa Tracker. Yeah, it began with a wrong number call. That was how it all kicked off. It was a it was a call. Interesting. How yeah, amazing! It was, a call. it was a wrong number call. Instantly, tell me more. Uh, so every Christmas Eve, if you don't know, the North American Aerospace Defense Command, the NORAD, adjusts its satellites to track Santa on his journey around the world. That's how we can all... We, I think you can actually go on websites as well, can't you? And you can, like, track him. They, they kind of make that so you can see mm. it. Uh, well, the famous holiday tradition all started in the 1950s when a young child accidentally called a NORAD command center looking for jolly old St. Nick. And they played along with it, obviously, to keep in the festive mood. And there was born... The NORAD Santa Tracker. What a lovely story. I like that. What, I like that a lot. Why Why did he phone NORAD find, trying to find Santa? Well, no, he rung the wrong number. So he was actually ringing somebody else up to find out where Santa was. Maybe a friend, I don't know, a family member or something and accidentally rung the command centre. It was a complete false call. Kind of bothers me that their number is so easy to get hold of. You think this is a pretty important thing, the North American Aerospace Defend Command. You... Like, the fact that they've got such an easy number to confuse gets to me. Yeah, this is the 1950s, so the internet wasn't around and things like that. So I also thought the same thing. I was thinking, how did they necessarily Google that? I don't know. But uh, but yeah, they, they found the number and accidentally called it. I just think it's a nice little fact. And I love the fact that whoever was at the end of the phone thought, here we go, let's play along. And then the NORAD Santa Tracker was created. You know when you track it and you watch it, it bothers me that, like, it kind of shows how impressive the science of santa is like because he just kind of flies over papua new guinea and then you see the little numbers at the bottom just totting up 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 without him even dropping down and entering any houses so he must be doing that in that time which means time is slowing down it's very impressive yeah it's magic you know what we need we need a connor explains to explain all of that yeah we've got it covered I reckon, Mark, you are the type of person that was that you spent. This is what you do on Christmas Eve. You just spend all night watching it. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously. What else is there to do? And you have you have Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, not yeah. a Christmas Carol by the Muppets. You have Once Upon a Christmas, but the Mick, the Mickey version. Yeah, um, which is for the hardcore. Yeah, mainly because I've seen Muppets Christmas Carol about five times by that point. Connor, how do you spend your Christmas Eve? Usually in the pub, but this year, well, obviously due to everything going on with COVID in the house, I'm definitely not. Imagine, imagine catching COVID Christmas Eve. I, I, I think that would be the worst situation ever. No, no, not no, not at all. Because you wouldn't, it wouldn't, you wouldn't feel the effects until probably Boxing Day. 
No, but then you give all your family it potentially the day after. Gosh, it's not yeah, a good e- Christmas present. Extra present. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so usually in the pub with the friends, with the family. Nice local pub, good fire going and just loads of pints. Can't beat it. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. Sweden celebrates Christmas with a giant straw goat. Is that it? Is that, is that the fact they just do that? That's it. That's the fact. Right there. Why a giant straw coat? Uh, goat. Not a coat. A goat. Yeah, yeah, no, a goat. I know. I know. Why 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 does Sweden celebrate with a dry why does Sweden celebrate with a giant straw goat? So it is a character called the Yule Goat, uh, and it actually is quite a popular bit of cre- Christmas decor in many homes across Scandinavia. Uh, Norse mythology basically says that two goats pulled Thor's flying chariot the same way that reindeer do for Santa's sleigh. Uh, on top of that, there's also a festive tale that focuses on an invisible Yule goat that checks in on holiday prep before the big day. So, you know, if you ever feel like there's just something looming there going, mm, have you done everything you need to do? It might be the Scandinavian Yule goat. You never know. Why is it straw? Uh, so, off the back of all of these stories, uh, since 1966, they've created a 43-foot high and seven metres long Yule goat in the middle of Stockholm. What do you, what, what do you feel about this, Connor? It's just like <laughs> mental, isn't it? It's just, what's the point? But do you reckon if you came to Earth and you had no concept of what Christmas is and then suddenly throughout December you walked around many homes in the UK and, and America particularly and you just saw massive inflatable men in red suits on, you'd probably think that was the stupidest thing in the world, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Of course you would. Yeah, I guess it, I guess it's the same with the straw goat, isn't it? Yeah, I guess there isn't actually anything that necessarily should be related to Christmas from somebody that doesn't know about Christmas. Anything could be related to Christmas. Good point. Well, I mean, it's not like they've just gone, what should we celebrate it with? Let's get a goat. Like, there are these stories about the Yule goat that just happens to be in Scandinavian culture. I mean, do you remember the, um, the beer goat that we've spoken about before in Scandinavian culture where it's got udders that dispense beer? So, I mean, goats are quite a Scandinavian thing when it comes to their culture. Of all the facts we've done and all the useless things I've remembered, I can't believe I don't remember that beer dispensing goat. Yeah, and then we discussed what beer we all wished that it would pump, and I think I said Moretti, or maybe yeah. I was the only one. You who were there that. going out of each of its four udders, udders, is it a different thing? Is it like going to a bar, you get Moretti out of that one, a bit of Camden Hells out of that one, and that one does Guinness? Like, yeah. Which would take I'm... a long time with the Guinness one, wouldn't it? Oh, God, would take yeah. a long time with the Guinness one. It'd be, it'd be enough tough for the goat, too, if you wanted a uh, top, but. That's for a different day. You're obsessed with tops on your pints. Love it. But, yeah, but look, but I know we were discussing you dressing dressing like a woman, but you can't because you're a man's man. Be a man's man. Stop adding flavouring to your beers. I love a top on an Amstel. That's just just get a beer that tastes of something in the first place rather than an Amstel. That's the answer to that. Right, second fact of the show. Do you remember that time we spoke about bat bombs? Yes. Yes, I do. Vaguely. So we spoke about a bat bomb, which was pretty much exactly that. It was a bat loaded with a bomb. They were going to throw it in and, and explode the bat. Also, the National Bureau of Standards from the US Navy uh, had another idea. They wanted to train pigeons to act as pilots for bombs. So they would kind of strap a pigeon to the front of a, of a bomb and rely on the fact that pigeons are very good at knowing their way home. So there were many ideas around this. They wanted to know maybe they could train the pigeons to fly, or they could steal the pigeons from their enemy 
and then have them fly home. That makes more sense because I was thinking, surely if you strap a pit, if you strap a bomb to something, it's not going to be something that comes home. Uh, no, well, exactly. This is the point. Something you don't want it to come home at the very least. Uh, they they tried it out. They spent twenty five thousand dollars at the point. Uh, and then they stopped doing it because they thought, no, this is absolutely preposterous. Then they tried to bring it back later. They had another go and still thought, you know what, this is this is preposterous. Um, the the problem is that the, the no, it's a good thing the, the pigeons would follow the image. Basically, they trained it by uh, showing a uh, an image to a pigeon that they wanted it to follow, and it would always follow it, but it would kind of peck it. So I don't know if that's really what you want from a bomb. Of course, it a bloody peck it. It's a pigeon. They peck everything. What do you? Pigeons aren't clever enough to be doing stuff like this. I'm sorry. Do you think there's a, you know, a degree of intelligence to an animal that we should sacrifice with a bomb? What is in? We're okay to sacrifice a stupid animal. No, is not. No, I'm saying you're saying they're too stupid for it. So, is there a smart animal that would be good for this? Well, I don't know. I just I don't know if I trust a pigeon with it. Would you? No. Yeah, I don't think a pigeon would be my go-to with something like that. If I was to think of an animal... But they're homing, aren't they? You know, pigeons and and birds were used to carry messages. Are still used to carry messages. I mean, they're fairly smart like that. Well, 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 you've proved me wrong. There we go. Pigeons are actually quite intelligent. So we could use pigeons maybe in day-to-day life a bit more. You never know. But quite a lot of the things that you see on the streets that you think are pigeons are not pigeons at all. They're what they call rock doves. Fact for you. They're bonus facts. Rock doves. Yeah, when you're walking down the road and you think that's a pigeon, it's probably not a pigeon. It's probably called a rock dove. A rock dove. Right. And what, yeah. How do you distinguish between a rock dove and a pigeon? You need to look at the uh, the way they look online. There are ways that you can spot the difference, but the majority of the time when you think you're seeing a pigeon and you're getting pissed off, give the pigeon a break because it's a rock dove. Has anyone oh. ever seen a baby pigeon? No, I've not seen a baby rock dove either. Like, how do pigeons come to be? Because I've never seen a baby pigeon. Do well, they just the You're not meant spawn to. into adults? Well, no, they spawn do it in bird's from the pure nests, evil that they are. They do it in birds' nests. This is the point. This is why that you're not seeing it because they're they're keeping them close, safe away in birds' nests. Mm. I'm going with they spawn from evil. Mum's the Word is a brand new parenting podcast hosted by me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles, and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Join me each week on my journey through motherhood as we celebrate the amazing highs as well as the lows. As it's my first time, we'll have celebrities, experts, and hopefully you guys too who will help me figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search Mum's the Word. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, by the way, if there's something you would like Connor to explain uh, at the end of the week or maybe in the new year, as we roll into 2022 laden with facts for you, info at bafflepod.com is where you need to go. You can always follow us on socials at bafflepod on Insta and TikTok. Connor, give us your last fact of the show. Well, I was really searching for a good fact to be the final one. Uh, and I wanted to find one that just kind of leaves a nice festivity piece of happiness in your mind. Now, Elf is hands down one of the top three Christmas films. I hope you both agree. Do you agree? What, what are your what, other what two? Are you putting in? Yeah, what are your other two? I would say Elf is... I'm going top three. I'm not going one, two, three. Just top okay, three. Just top Elf, three. Yeah. Elf, Love Actually and Home Alone for me are probably the top three. No. Mm. No, but this is it's your opinion. It's Christmas, so I'll let you off. Tell me about the film Elf. Okay, so in Elf, which everybody has seen, if you haven't, go watch it. Um, all of those elaborate Christmas decorations in the store, you know, when there's in that store and Buddy turns up and there's the fake Santa, uh, it actually took the art department of the film weeks, getting on to almost a month to build. That's how long it took. Uh, so the fight scene between Buddy and the mall Santa had to be done in one take. There was just one shot to get this right. Artie Land, who played the mall Santa, he revealed in an interview that Favreau, the director, said to them, you got one take to destroy all this, so just go bloody nuts. And that's exactly what they done. It was one take. You couldn't go back on that one. It took too long to build. And Bosch, you got that scene. That is the most memorable scene of the movie. Yeah, I like that that's just born out of laziness. I love that. Do, like, we're not doing this what? again. This is too much effort. Do it once. Do you know what I like about it as well? If you actually think back to the scene and you think about the scene, I encourage you to go and watch it again. Watch it with this in mind. It's hilarious because you've got like Will Ferrell playing Buddy, picking up a bat and swinging into all of the Lego stuff and things like that. Can you imagine what was going through their mind? It was kind of like, right, let's just destroy this. The other guy's like, whoa, 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 he's got a bat. Hold on a minute. This is meant to be just a, just a nice, easy scene. But instead Connor, it got a bit what, violent. What Christmas films do you make sure that you watch every year? I always make sure I watch Elf, always. All the Home Alones, big fan of watching all the Home Alones. Um, where, where do you draw the line? Is it just one and two? No, I, I, she, all of the ones really with Macaulay Culkin. Is that just one and two? I think it is actually just one and two then. Or maybe three. I think he done three maybe. I don't know, but I didn't really like the other kid, but that was because my vision of Home Alone was always Macaulay Culkin. Well, what are your top three, Dan? You seemed pretty offended at my three. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know. Um... I like I like I like a lot. I, I couldn't give you a top three. My favourite is the Muppets Christmas Carol. I couldn't I couldn't give you like a discussion over the other two. I'd say what was quite a good experience. I saw the Polar Express in three D or four D once. And that was pretty cool because you was basically doing the scenes. It was it was actually quite a crazy experience. So like that bit where they're on top of the train and it's going across the ice, you were on top of the train and you were pretty much going across the ice. So that was a bit intense. Yeah. It's a really weird film. When you say you saw this in 3 slash 4D, was it just a 2D 
a 2D showing and you were just there making train noises? No, no, it was either 3 or 4D. I can't remember. You were just there, it's like... I can't remember if they sprayed... Is that, is that what Well, I can't happened? remember if they sprayed water on my neck and moved my chair because that all seems to be 4D. But, Mark, what's your top three? Uh, I'm with you on Love Actually and Elf and I would probably chuck in Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah, nice. Rather than Home Alone. Nice, nice. Yeah, Love Actually's good. Love Actually's good. But yeah, so... I've just seen it just, many times. Just as a nice little Christmas fact to finish, please do watch Elf again and just when you're watching that scene, know that it was one take, know that it was all improvised. It makes it even funnier. Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Decorating Disney World for Christmas includes 1,300 trees, 275 thousand meters of ribbon and 8.5 million lights all rolled out every year and they blame trains they blame trains for all the climate disasters eh? God, who's who, who, who's blaming trains who's, blaming, who's trains? blaming trains well i was just i thought i thought of the first piece of public transport in my head and that was a train yeah. they're all blaming trains like that bloody polar express Going through the North Pole, causing all this melting of the ice cap. Do you have a? Do they have a specific department for this that kind of get ready in September every year? Yes, exactly. So, as soon as their Halloween uh, period is over, so first of November, all the Halloween stuff comes down, all the Christmas stuff goes up, uh, and it's basically around 150 truckloads of decorations, uh, starting with. 15 miles of garlands that drape across Mark, the, the uh, Disney Mark, I've got a question for you. Yes, Connor. We've spoke, we've spoke about it before. You know, there's no denying that you have a, you have a producer role in London and you work on podcasts yes. and now host yes. this and blah, blah, blah. Yes. Would you jack it all in for an apprenticeship slash junior role in the designing of Florida Disney? Would you do it? Oh, it'd be tempting. Oh, see? It'd be tempting. Can you imagine? Can you imagine his CV, Dan? Oh, you all right? Uh, my name's Mark Eds. I'm thirty, um, and I absolutely f- love Disney. <laughs> One issue though: Florida is hot, and I'm ginger. So yeah, yeah. Mm, I, all right. It's nice on occasion. Not sure I could be there year long round. Yeah, you all right? My name's Mark Eds. Uh, I need loads of sun cream, but I do love Disney. So just give me a shout, please. I will take my salary in free Disney tickets and sun cream. That's that's what you need to do. You need to be a costume character. You need to be Buzz Lightyear. You need to be in Mickey because you're in a costume all day. You're never seeing sun. I mean, it, it would definitely mean that the hours I've spent pretending to be Buzz Lightyear would pay off. I mean, what? Sorry, what? Come on then, Mark. If you if you was part of the if you was part of the Disney the Disney brigade or whatever they call it for Christmas, who would you want to be? Mm. Who would you be good at? I mean, teacup. I f- I feel like I'd be a great Peter Pan. Mainly because Peter Pan is also ginger. Bold Peter Pan. And also, take this beard off, and I do have the face of a ten-year-old. So my the, the fact that I've enjoyed learning most of the day is that Peter Pan is ginger. Last fact of the show for me: whale vomit is used in perfumes to make it last longer. Merry Christmas, everybody. There we go. Not much more to talk about. Dan, cheers. Thank you. What a way to finish. Just remember, when when you are gifting your girlfriend a lovely bottle of perfume this Christmas, just remind her, that's got whale vomit in it. The only interesting thing about this, it's called ambergris. It's a product of whale bile duct juices and undigestive squid beaks. Uh, It's a hard, waxy solid. It's used to make the scents last longer. If you find a piece... Uh, it costs ten th- tens of thousands per kilogram. It's really expensive stuff, and it makes your scent last longer. So next time you have a little bit of, if you get some perfume for Christmas, you have a little spray. It's uh, made of whale vomit, whale puke. 
Does that mean that perfume is not vegan? Oh, I don't know. They kind of they change the rules, don't they, all the time on this? Next time, every time I every time I have a pint, oh, you know, it's put through fish bladders, don't you? Yeah. Sorry. I really, really, really wish in hindsight we had discussed the the layout of the podcast today because I feel like for the Christmas special and a Christmassy one, what a way to finish. Eh, it's not really. A, I don't think it is. I mean, if there was a way that Dad was going to ruin Christmas. Whale vomit was it. Thank you very much for listening. Have a very Merry Christmas. If there's something you'd like Connor to explain to you, it's info at bafflepod.com. That's where you get in touch. You can also follow the show on socials, Instagram and TikTok. We are at baffledpod there. What have we learned today? Well, Connor is a real man's man. The Statue of Liberty came about due to a hilarious skit involving the French and a sullen Egyptian man. And also, the true meaning of Christmas is whale vomit. We will see you next week for one last episode of 2021. Until then... We'll see ya. Have a good Christmas. Say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Oh, there is Connor Explains as well on Friday. Be around for that. Say goodbye, Connor. Merry Christmas. Until then, bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.